Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung. And I'm... George Los, the Los, Nick George Ellis, and we're also joined by our wonderful producer, Dan Green, bringing him some great sound system equipment today. We're sounded like a dream, aren't we, Dan? I hope we do. Like, we'll see later on, but... Uh, oh. Well, that's, I always sound like a dream, I think. Mung sounds like a, um, another kind of dream I, that I don't think I'll say on air, and uh, we'll continue from there. All right, well, thanks for the, uh, the compliments. I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> today we're going to move on to the NFC West in our quick snaps segments. And, quick snap, uh, quick snap, 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 snap. Exactly. And we're going to break down the Seattle Seahawks today. Your two-time Super Bowl contenders, one-time Super Bowl champion Seattle Seahawks. Um, interesting movement with the Seattle uh, team. Let's see how it affects them uh, from a fantasy standpoint. Where do you want to start, Mom? Well, I just wanted to mention real quick. I'm not sure if you guys saw this on Twitter, but um, the Seahawks, the Seahawks Twitter account, uh, tweeted out something asking why Marshawn Lynch's trucking rating wasn't a hundred in Madden. Oh, and uh, and the Madden uh, Twitter account promptly replied with a screenshot of four goal line power run plays. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's. That stings. You know, Ouch. I'm actually gonna bring up. Are we gonna bring up the Super Bowl at all in this? Like, are we gonna just you know salt that wound a little bit more? Yeah, that was I, like a month ago, right? Just rub it in. Yeah, it wasn't that long. I mean, it feels like actually football feels like football was lives ago. I just can't wait for it to start back up. Yeah, I'm I sure you're feeling the same way. Like seven weeks away. Yeah, Less we're getting close. We are. Uh, we are getting down to it. Fanadry. See drafts starting a little bit. We've got some dynasty drafts going. My league, both of my dynasty leagues have their rookie drafts already going. So, people, it's an exciting time. Yes, sir. All right. So, let's get right down to business then. No uh, more filler. So, as, uh, as everybody knows, uh, Marshawn Lynch, if he had gotten the ball in the Super Bowl, probably, probably would have won that game. So, let's, probably, uh, yeah. let's start off with him. Um, sure. May as well. For me, he's a a clear top five overall pick. I could see him going. I would have no, I wouldn't do it, but I would have no issues with anyone uh, taking him first overall. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I agree on a standard league standpoint, but in PPR leagues, he's just past the top five for me. Um, just under guys that now. Uh, Marshawn has been showing that he's been catching more balls out of the backfield, which is a great thing for him. Obviously, but I still put him under guys like obviously Le'Veon Bell, obviously Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy. For me, Jamal Charles, and um, uh, possibly depending on how you're looking at it, Matt Forte. Interesting. See, I would take I would take Lynch prior to taking Charles, even. Yeah, I wouldn't in a standard or a PPR, but most definitely in a PPR. PPR, I, I would consider Charles, but uh, I think standard, I would go Lynch all the way. That said, I'm not saying you're going wrong with taking him. He's he's beast mode. You know, you put beast mode on your team, you've got a great team. Well, assuming you don't, it's hard to. Well, 
Yeah. You win your leagues in the third through 14th rounds, I guess, but it's a great start for you. Yeah, I would easily project Lynch for at least 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns as his floor. Yeah, definitely. Easy floor right there. I would say uh, part of the reason that I don't think his touchdowns may uh, reach his prior season levels at 12 and 13 is due to uh, the new addition to the Seahawks this offseason, Jimmy It's a big addition, yeah. I guess if Lynch were to go down with some sort of injury, uh, who would you who would you want to pick up off the waiver wire? I have a much less clear answer this year than I did any year prior in the in the most recent memory. Turbin was usually the uh, number two back when uh, Lynch was on the field, and classically, people always looked to Christine Michael the past few years as his clear cut handcuff. For whatever reason, Turbin got the looks on the field while Lynch was there, and everybody sort of thought that Michael would be the guy to take over. But this year. I'm not so certain anymore. Michael hasn't really done anything to step up and grab that job for sure. And uh, the Seahawks, they didn't draft him, but he is an an undrafted rookie. Um, Tom Rawls, Thomas Rawls, has been getting some good work uh, in the preseason. Yeah, but are you really buying that one beat writer report that they might actually cut Michael? I just don't see that happening. No, definitely not. He's been there far too long. He knows the system. If anything, Tom uh, Rawls would be something to start off on the on the uh, practice squad, I would think. I don't see them cutting Turbin or Michael, but at this point in Michael's career, I don't see him as a clear-cut handcuff. I don't think there is a clear-cut handcuff for the Seahawks anymore. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, Michael would still be the guy I would pick up if Lynch went down for some reason. But for me, Rawls is more of a a hot commodity right now. I I haven't watched a whole lot of his tape, but from what I've seen, he's a good runner. But I don't know that he's ready to just step in and fill in for Lynch if something were to happen. He's a guy to look at in your late second or third round of a dynasty draft and a rookie only draft, but he's not somebody you're drafting in your stand in your regular standard or PPR year to year fantasy league. And that said, you said that you would pick up Christine Michael if Lynch went down, which is a which is a big difference than what's in prior years where you'd have Christine Michael stashed as your handcuff during the draft, like correct? eighth or ninth round. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think I think somebody will probably still take him in the sure. draft. Creatures of habit, we all are. Yeah, but I just I think that even if I were a Lynch owner, I just think it'd be a committee if he went down. I agree. I think I think we can look past any of the second tier or second third round whatever running backs on the Seahawks this year. Yep, agreed. So let's move on to Jimmy Graham now. Yeah, big player, big name, big movement. I know that uh, a good. A good amount of people out there are pretty scared that uh, he's uh, over in Seattle now. But for me, he's still my second-ranked tight end. What, what do you think? For me, he's still clear-cut this number two tight end. Um, the gap between he and Gronk has grown, I think. But he is still a very valuable tight end. If you just look at the numbers that Russell Wilson did in terms of um, – production with his tight end last year and this is keep in mind with luke wilson cooper helfett and tony moyaki and zach miller if you combine all of their targets they actually had 48 catches which speaks more to them bigger number here is 84 targets he threw to tight ends 84 times that's one less time than the number of catches jimmy graham had last year which was 85 
and this was looking to throw guys named Moyaki, Helfit, and Wilson. If you've got Graham out there, even though Russell Wilson may throw the least amount of passes of any quarterback this year, he will still target Jimmy Graham probably a hundred plus times. Right, and and th- that's a good stat, bringing up those tight end stats. But even more than that, I think that. Uh, Graham becomes their number one receiving target, even over the wide receivers that they have. So I think that regardless of what happens, he's going to get a ton of those targets and that Wilson is going to lock on for sure in the red zone. Oh, without question. Absolutely. I think Jimmy Graham has an easy floor of 10 touchdowns. Uh, I don't see any way that he's that he scores less touchdowns than that. Yeah, and just uh, real, really quick going back to Lynch, I, I'm not mm-hmm. worried about his touchdown totals because I think, if anything, having Graham as a weapon near the goal line helps open up Lynch now that they can't stack the box as much. I completely agree. Um, you have Lynch there in the Super Bowl, so you, or you have Graham there, I think. You're throwing to Graham. Oh, yeah, he would have caught that. Yeah. Malcolm Butler right? wouldn't, have, wouldn't have shoved him out of the way as easily as he did. No, without question. Um, I'm not concerned about Lynch's touchdowns. I am concerned about Russell Wilson's rushing touchdowns, but we'll talk about quarterback in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just real quick on on the last tight end note, I do think that Luke Wilson is is a good player. He's got good physical athletic traits, and I do think that he will still steal away a few touchdowns if they have a couple uh, two tight end sets when they're playing close to the goal line. He had a 16.5 per catch average, which was better than any of their uh, wideouts except Ricardo Lockett, who was 17.7. Yeah, I think that um, Wilson is actually kind of an interesting sleeper. If you play in any deeper formats or if you have a uh, like a two tight end league, I think that Wilson could actually be a low end or mid end tight end two this year just because he's also a good mismatch uh, down the field. I can't say I disagree with you, but anytime Graham's on the field, he is the first look. He's taking everything that you can. Sure. Uh, I'm definitely not uh, drafting Wilson any standard 10 or 12 team leagues. Sure. Sure. Understood. All right. So uh, we might as well move on to the guy that's throwing them all the ball. Um, yes, Mr. sir. Russell Wilson himself. So, so fantasy wise, where do you have Wilson in your quarterback rankings? For sure. No. I, I know that Luck and Rogers are one and two in some sort of order. Um, yeah, for for me, he's there? number three. Yeah? Yeah. For okay. me, he's number three. See, I, I tend to agree with you, but I think that I'm going to be avoiding Wilson at his ADP in every league this year, just because while I agree that he's my third-ranked quarterback over guys like Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, I just don't think that the difference between their production is going to warrant that two- to three-round gap in ADP. I'm not a guy that drafts quarterbacks early, so I'm not going to own him in any league. I'm a late round. I'm a, I'm a later, you know, bottom half of the first 12 quarterbacks sort of drafter just by just by habit. But the names you brought up, Peyton Manning, I don't expect to produce what anybody expects him to produce. Or maybe people aren't expecting that much of him, but he is consistently rated in the top five. Um, ben Roethlisberger. Well, I you, pro- you think Manning won't be a top five quarterback at the end of the year? I think he has good potential to not be. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I still have Russell Wilson locked in at number three, but there's a lot of questions surrounding this. With this addition of Jimmy Graham, I think he is going to back off on his running style. Um, it, what can't be underrated, or uh, what has to be taken into consideration, is that where are these numbers right here? 
850 yards rushing for Russell Wilson and six touchdowns rushing. He had 26 total touchdowns, six of which were rushing. So that means roughly 636, 85, 110 just about fantasy points are just from him moving on the ground. I think Graham's uh, Graham being there is going to be taking a significant, not a huge chunk, but a significant chunk of his rushing away. See, I'm really not too worried about that. I think that while he may regress in the touchdown category, um, mm-hmm. I think I think four or five of his rushing touchdowns came on literally the exact same read option play, um, and defenders just whiffed completely. And I'm sure that coaches will be you know keying in on that more. But at the same time, whatever he loses in rushing, I think he's going to make up for that uh, in his passing touchdowns and yardage with a much, much more dynamic weapon, uh, you know, a dynamic receiving weapon than he's ever had before in Jimmy Graham. Completely agree. I think Russell Wilson will will have a a floor of 30 touchdowns scored this year combined uh, rushing and throwing for the first time in his career. I think he'll surpass 26. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I, I certainly wouldn't bet against it, but uh, I don't know if he'll get quite as high as 30, but that's yeah, fine. Well. But regardless, we agree that Russell Wilson, I think his current ADB is somewhere in the fourth round. Um, you know, I just can't pull the trigger at that price, but I certainly wouldn't blame anyone for doing so. Yeah, I completely agree. I can I can see it done. Absolutely. But that's just not my drafting style. Sure. Fair enough. Yep. So let's move on to the wide receivers here. Why? Why bother? Can we just move on to another team? I, you know, I know you're not a big fan of Doug Baldwin. Um, personally, I think he's a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. He is what. Why he would I not be a fan? Because he's definitionally an average receiver. Sixty-six <laughs> catches on the year, twelve and a half catching average, three touchdowns, three. Why are we talking about him? No, uh, I actually just wanted to mention him briefly because the wideouts <laughs> I did want to talk about. Um, oh. Are you buying Chris Matthews at all? Uh, he was the guy in the Super Bowl that when Revis and Browner had, you know, Baldwin and Curse kind of corralled, he had to sort of step up. Um, but that was prior to them getting finally getting a big target in Graham. Do you think Matthews is still going to have the opportunity to start? <laughs> He will have the opportunity to start. I truly don't think it matters, though. I mean, are we talking fantasy or are we talking football? No, we're, we're talking fantasy. Do you, I'm saying, do you he, oh, he has he has no he has no he has no way to start on any fantasy out. football team, but he will he he has a chance to start for the Seahawks for sure. So you don't think he has any value even as a wide receiver five? Do you would I, you prefer someone with more upside at that point? Do you start a wide receiver five? Uh, in a deeper league, I'm saying, it, you know, in a standard league, probably not. But I, I also do want to mention, um, you know, Tyler Lockett, who they traded up for to grab in the third round of the NFL draft. I, I like him more than Chris think, Matthews, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think that he has intriguing upside, um, especially when Curse and Baldwin probably won't get re-signed after their contracts are up in the next season or two. Uh, I do like his ability to get separation, kind of get open, especially because Wilson has that ability to scramble around the backfield and let his receivers get more time. Yeah, I can see that um, on the football field. Definitely. I agree. But from a fantasy standpoint, from a pure fantasy standpoint, as good as Russell Wilson is, as effective of a field general he is, he still was 32nd 
in the league in pass attempts with 450 just about. So no matter what, probably more than 100 of those are going to going to Jimmy Graham. Definitely more than 100 of those are going to Jimmy Graham. And if they've made the Super Bowl two years in a row, I don't really see them drastically changing their game plan. They're still going to be 30th, 31st, 32nd in passing attempts. And that just sucks all of the value away from their wide receivers anyways. Okay. I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I guess all I'm trying to say is that if I did you know, go running back heavy in a redraft draft this year and I was trying to pick up a couple wide receivers toward the end of the draft – Lockett might be one of my targets in, let's say, the 13th or 14th round, just because I do think he has upside. He's probably going to go undrafted, so you can probably just get him anywhere you want. Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Uh, we'll see You know, some of the more training camp battles shake out. But as but, of right now, definitely, uh, definitely wouldn't draft him any earlier it, than the second to third round, last round of the draft. In most leagues, it... it in most leagues, people usually just, if they're going for deep wide receivers for a reason, they're going to be going after the wide receiver ones. And no matter what, he's not going to be listed as wide receiver one for the Seahawks. I mean, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I'll take Tyler Lockett over Dwayne Bow. Oh. Oh, boy. Wow. Uh, I would hmm. rather have the you know wide receiver two, third receiving option on the Seahawks than the wide receiver one on the Browns. Well, he's sure going to get a lot of a lot more, you know, scoring opportunities. So I can agree there. But I, gosh, Dwayne Bowes so far, so far gone from my radar. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Fine. Lock it over Dwayne Bow. You win. <laughs> All right. Uh, Boy. So lastly, for the Seahawks, the defense. You know, people reached crazily last year uh, yeah. for the Seahawks defense. I was against that to begin with. Um, this year, especially with you know all the defensive options out there, I I honestly wouldn't even gamble on them in the second to last round. No, the uh, oh, you wouldn't gamble on them in the second to last round. Well, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I, before the, you're saying, I would take kicker last, but yes, so I would not take them before the second to last. Oh, round. okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying you wouldn't even take them in the second. If if they fall to you in the second to last, you you snatch yeah, them up yeah, immediately they're, they're because they are point. still a top five. They will be a top five fantasy defense. But the the ebb and flow of defensive points is is such that it's best to go for what you think is going to be steady versus sifting through all these rankings and everything. I mean, in, in a matter of one year, the jets defense went from the top defense and dropped to the middle of the pack that can happen to any defense in this league, Rams, Panthers, Bengals. It's all just an ebb and a flow with defenses. Do I think they're going to be top half? Absolutely. But do I draft, um, do I draft defenses early? No, I'm not a man that does that. Yeah, I agree. I think defense is just so volatile from year to year that, it, you know, you really can't predict uh, in terms of fantasy points, at least. To me, it's far more um, it's far more reasonable, far more useful to jump on a lottery ticket than jump on a defense early. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree there. Yep. All right. So we're in. Uh, we are copacetic. All right, well, that just about wraps up the uh, Quick Snaps episode. Quick Snap, Quick Snap, Snap, Snap. The Seattle Seahawks. And uh, on the next pod, we are going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. From the Legion of Boom to the Legion of, mm, boy, what are they going to do this year? Yeah. Yeah, from, you know, from the Legion of Boom to the old folks' home. To the, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, 
So All this right, has well, been another know. edition of the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. Mung, uh, bring us in. Yeah, as always, uh, feel free to shoot us some questions on Twitter. You can reach me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. You can find me at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Talk to Dan at FFA underscore Dan. He Dan loves to man. hear from you. Don't, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to any of you guys. <laughs> oh, 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 these are our loyal listeners. I'm these are the fantasy addicts you you're talking not to. Our listeners. You just have to get past oh. Dan's, you know, hard <laughs> eggshell exterior to get to the inner soft, creamy Dan. Oh, I have many layers like an Ooh. onion, <laughs> like an onion, like Shrek. Exactly. Ogres have layers. Dan Green. Dan's have layers. <laughs> All right. All right guys, regardless. Thanks for joining Cash us. T- Peace that's out. That's right. Thanks, addicts. Offer deadline on Oak Street, mile three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, Yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding war at the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. Casper's most sparkling sale of the season is here. This summer, dive into your best sleep and save up to $600 off any of our award-winning mattresses during our 4th of July sale. And get up to 50% off pillows, duvets, bedding, and more. Make summer sleep your best sleep with up to $600 off mattresses and up to 50% off everything else. Shop our 4th of July sale at Casper.com or a participating store near you. Going on now through 713. Exclusions apply. See Casper.com slash promo.